The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining me now is Reverend Dr. Kapia John Koma. Uh, he is a researcher at Political Research Associates. His latest report, Colonizing African Values, How the U.S. Right is Transforming Sexual Politics in Africa, can be found at publiceye.org. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, your report goes into great detail to establish the current links between U.S. religious fundamentalists and the groups they fund in Africa to fan the flames of homophobia in Africa. Uh, just take a quick look back at the history of Africa before colonialism. What did the first Europeans find when they arrived? I think that, in fact, there's a lot of evidence that the colonialists, when they came to Africa, they were shocked by when they found that um, Africans accepted same-sex relations. And they they couldn't just understand it, that uh, they, they called that as part of being barbarians and other things like that. The savage nature of Africans is that they don't see any difference between a man and a woman in their relationships. So that's what they found, and that's why it became very easy for them to start uh, bringing their European, Victorian, like in sub-Saharan Africa, English-speaking countries, kind of heritages, and trying to put them into African countries. And in fact, um, scholars who have studied this in historic truth in details, they usually point to South Africa, where you would find that because Africans accepted LGBT persons, lesbian, gays, and transgender persons as human beings and part of their communities, the European colonialists started by arresting those kind of persons who did not want to conform to the new moral standards. So that was the reality of Africa before uh, the colonialists came. In addition, most of the uh, African communities would look at people with um, same-sex attractions as having some superior powers and extraordinary authority in terms of their spiritual heritages. So you'd find that most of those who are healers were allowed to have women or men, if they were men, they were allowed to have men as their wives. And if they were women, they were allowed to have women as their, their wives or husbands as well. So it, it, it was that kind of life that the Westerners confronted when they came to Africa. And it is one of the reasons why they moved so fast, using their concept of civilizing Africa. And one of the things about civilizing Africa meant that teaching us how to have uh, relationships with our, with, with, with our fellow persons. And that meant to them uh, rejecting our traditional worldview of sexuality and having this new law, which they looked at as, uh, you know, having sex with a, a man, if you're a man, was to them unnatural, based on the European understanding of unnatural. And then they said it's unnatural, therefore it should be outlawed in colonial Africa. So you move across several African countries, especially English African countries, one law you find reflected in all the books reads almost the same way. It is a crime to have carnal knowledge against nature. You know. Now, what do they mean by carnal knowledge against nature? Even the language itself, you know, we no longer speak that kind of language. But it is duplicated over and over again. So even after independence, those laws were just migrated into the new constitution. And it's saddening that today Africans are able to defend a law which, in fact, has nothing to do with Africa. It has to do with their colonial masters. Yeah, and they're still in the books. And one of the things that oh, I was curious about is um, 
you have the president of Zimbabwe in 1991 saying it, it's a Christian nation, um, and you still have the anti-homosexual laws in, on the books from the British imperial era. Um, why exactly did the um, gr groups get involved with Africa to start with? It seems like they already have their footprint in there. No, Africa, as, as you might know, there are two things which happen that people should know. Africa as being uh, one of those con uh, continents which has surprised every person who, has, who studies Christian history. We have seen a lot of growth in Africa in terms of Christianity. Christian numbers have just exploded. And beyond what any missionary thought would happen, there was uh, uh, some arguments in the past 100 years that uh, they, people thought that we are going to have um, Islam outtake Africa. But what has happened is the opposite. African Christianity has grown beyond what people expected. In fact, uh, there were, people say that in 1910, for instance, Africa had almost 10 million Christians. Today, almost 500 million are Christians. So that tells you how much growth has taken place in within 100 years. That said, the fact what people should understand is that while those laws be, were brought by the missionaries, these are the missionaries who are going to start teaching people how to behave. And one of the things they did, or colonialism did to Africa, is to transform the moral outlook of the people, how people viewed each other, how people valued their heritages. And one thing which missionaries did very well was to destroy the African heritage or identity. And worked so well that to be to, 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 to be civilized meant to reject your traditional values. And one of them has to do with sexuality. And so we have those kind of things So uh, uh, taking place in Africa up to date, whereby Christianity still has not just a religious aspect to it, it also carries this uh, civilized kind of concept with it. Christians are people who know better than traditionalists. And anyone who doesn't belong to the Christian church is viewed as a traditionalist, therefore is backward. So it has a status symbol in itself. But you said, you talked about the, the president of Zambia. You said Zimbabwe, but it's supposed to be Zambia. I have to, to clarify that. Who declared uh, Zambia as a Christian nation? All right. Mm -hmm. And he was a fundamentalist Christian, President Frederick Chiruba of Zambia. In 1991, before 1991, Zambia had David Kaunda, Kenneth Kaunda as the president. Now, those of your audience who might know about Zambian history, they understand Kaunda as one of the biggest voices in, Af in African liberation struggle. And one of the things about Kaunda is that he was linked very much with the concept which many people of humanism, which many people understood as socialism. Yeah. because of his emphasis on the human person as important and must be respected. So what happened in, in the 70s, as many African countries were getting independent, the concept of socialism was gaining support, and Africa at that time was working closely with the Soviet Union. So you had a lot of... Um, money coming from the Soviet Union, helping to liberate some other African countries, and... As that civil war, uh, sorry, uh, Cold War was going on between the Soviet Union and the Western world, the African politicians sided with the Soviet Union in terms of their policies. Whereas the Westerners, they didn't have much 
to do with Africa in a sense in terms of having political kind of discussions. So what will happen, something will happen. At that time, we are going to have the threat of what the people considered or the Westerners would consider to be the threat of communism taking over the world. For instance, those from America argued that African governments, like Kaunda's government, Nyerere of, of Tanzania, were socialists. They also argued that Desmond Tutu, for instance, was a socialist. So was Nelson Mandela. So, you know, well, when the Westerners, meaning the U.S. conservatives, for instance, government, was siding with the African minority governments of South Africa and labor leaders in the country of Angola, for instance, and Mozambique, the American progressives would side with the African political leadership because they wanted to, find, to fight for the freedom of Africa. And so you are going to have a situation where Africa is polarized between those who are being considered to be the communists or socialists, terrorists, based on the language the U.S. conservative views, and those who are being seen as the partners. Now, to them, the partners will be of conservative um, leaning. And using some of the funds, for instance, in the 80s, with the coming of the Reagan uh, administration in the U.S., that we are going to see new infrastructures of conservative churches being built. And some of them were built, in fact, using U.S. government taxpayers' money. The U.S. government, for instance, sent a number of missionaries as CIA agents to various African countries with one purpose, to stop the spread of what they considered to be uh, Marxism, which was taking over the church in the name of liberation theology. So they will plant them in various African countries. And with the fall of the Soviet Union, there came now this group of fundamentalists, mostly so-called born-again churches, who are now going to become so political and so powerful. And that's what will make Frederick Chiruba of Zambia become the first uh, African president through Topo, one of the so-called uh, socialist governments in, so in Southern Africa. So, um, so up to the current time, who are the groups, the U.S. groups involved in Africa right now? Well, there have been quite a number of them. I think if you have, people have read my previous report called Globalizing the Culture Wars, U.S. Conservative African Churches and Homophobia, in that report I profiled uh, uh, certain groups. Among them is the famous uh, American pastor, uh, Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Baptist Church, who had, had a lot of contacts with Africa through what uh, he claims to be the peace plan, you know, uh -huh. Again, that's another good example of colonizing, where, as he claims that he was seated with his wife, and his wife came up with this idea of how to solve Africa's problems. <laughs> so they, rather than asking Africans how to solve African problems, uh, the pastor thought that's the best way to do to do it, is to start his programs there. Mm -hmm. So you have him going to Africa, and in fact, he made it very clear when he visited Uganda in 2008, that LGBT rights or gay rights are not human rights, they are natural, and that we, the, the world should not even support them. Or he himself, you wouldn't have anything to do with that. Then you had a person like Scott Lively, a Holocaust revisionist, 
very, uh, not very well known in American circles until the 20, 2009 law in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Scott Lively also went to Uganda and propagated this myth that gays and lesbians are out there to destroy the world and they are coming to Uganda to recruit young people in schools, that they are flooding millions and millions of dollars in Uganda so that they can destroy Uganda by recruiting all their children into homosexuality. We also, uh, I also profiled in that very report some groups in mainline churches, which uh, by mainline churches we mean uh, protest, traditional Protestant churches like the United Methodist, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church USA, and many other churches. And there are some groups which share some conservative leaning of uh, ideologies. We are working with African churches. And one thing they did was to go into Africa and use homophobia as the tool to have Africans side with them and represent their fellow human beings in terms of the LGBT community, uh, calling them all sorts of names. So you would have uh, groups who profiled in there is uh, a group like the Institute on Region and Democracy, which is based in, in Washington. Mm-hmm. And how they would, they they worked with African churches, our pastors, to an extent of writing, rewriting their statements. So for uh, they would write the statement and then hand it over to Africans, and say this is an African speaking. But in actual fact, it was authored, drafted, and authored by an American. You know, that's yeah. another form of colonialism I'm talking about here. But in this new report, we. We, we wanted to find out more about what's going on because we were shocked that at the time when the world was uh, very concerned about what was happening in Uganda, we saw evidence of new laws you know, being found in other countries and being authored in various countries like Nigeria. You have it, the same thing happening you know, in, 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 in Zimbabwe. And we started wondering what is really going on. We realized that the same thing was happening in Malawi. So when we went on the ground to find out what's happening, we discovered that this is not just about American evangelicals, but other groups as well. For instance, Human Life International, a Catholic group, has been involved in exporting homophobia and misrepresenting or demonizing of LGBT persons in various African countries in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh American Center for Law and Justice, which many people might remember because it was uh, responsible for drafting the Defense of um, Marriage Act in the U.S., has been working in various African countries with one goal, to bring about the values, the so-called Christian values, which, in fact, they are not Christian at all. They are American conservative values, to make sure that they become part and parcel of African constitutions. So they have been working on the constitution in Kenya. They were working on the constitution in Zimbabwe. They are also uh, working in the Sudan. That's another thing. Now, I think this is important about this group because they are working on constitutions very actively. And um, we should remember, and the audience should remember this, that the colonial law, as I said at the beginning of this uh, program, came with colonialists against homosexuality or same-sex relations in Africa. At the time when the world is working so hard to repeal these laws, what we have seen now is that the American conservatives are moving into Africa and expanding them. This time, not just 
a crime against <laughs> nature. But this is becoming now something more. They are not talking about men having sex with men. They are talking about women as well. They are talking about gay persons not allowed to adopt children. Or have nightclubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I remember when I was uh, doing this interview in Zimbabwe, for this report, so, uh, one of the gay persons told me that, you know, some of the things they are asking us to talk about, what we hear in the Constitution presentations, it's like, you know, we don't understand them. What, no, they are asking us to have dessert before we have the main course. What we are fighting for as gay persons in Africa is a right to exist. Yeah. We're not talking about children yet. We're not even talking about marriage. To us, this is nothing. We, we, we are not even interested in that yet. So why are we talking about marriage and laws, which have nothing to do with us? And the reason I explain to this person that because the people who are drafting this are fighting culture wars in America. So they are using the same language in Africa. And that's why it's not making sense, because it is out of context altogether. But we also have a Mormon group run by Sharon Slater, for instance. Mm -hmm. Very few people would know more about Sharon Slater than only maybe those who work in the UN circles who understand who she is. But this um, woman, woman works with African governments at the UN level, and she misrepresents everything you know about science, from contraceptions to environmental issues. She's just on the extreme aspect of everything. She denies every scientific threat and uh, uh, scientific proof, which she calls to her, that is a gay agenda. Everything scientific about human population, everything scientific about the environment, she says that is because gays want to destroy the world. That's why they are pushing this so-called scientific truth, she claims. So she's working with African governments, trying to lobby them to reject anything progressive she thinks is progressive, including taking care of the environment, including using of uh, contraceptives, for instance, for women. She says even the language of gender rights should not be included. Sexual rights should not be included. She says all those languages are words are meant to, you know, <laughs> to promote the gay agenda. Now, that is, those are the lies she's telling African diplomats. But she does not end there. She travels across Africa giving speeches where she misrepresents the truth. But Africans who don't have an alternative to counter her lies, they think that what she's presenting is scientific truth. You know, one of the things I joke about in terms of our work to show how, 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 how silly it is, is when you see somebody in our book, even quoting Wikipedia, for instance, I don't know. <laughs> who can write a document of importance and put that. But she presents that as scientific proof, yeah. you know, for ideas. Then there is one group which many people are aware of, but at the same time they are not aware as much, is the transformation movement. Because of the way it presents its, its, its ideas, it's a movement of people who think alike, mostly conservative thinking, and they share what would call the the some attributes of the the protest the, the evangelical faith, but in actual fact, even evangelicals themselves reject them. So you uh, you'd find uh, people like Peter Wagner, who are claiming to be apostles, 
who have influence in various African countries. In fact, Peter Wagner's group, um, some of his apostles, so-called, were like Julius Mulinde and 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 Oyet. So it's Joseph Mulinde and Julius Oyet uh-huh. were involved in the drafting of the Kill the Gay Bill in Uganda. But not only are they involved with that, you find that the, the, the First Lady of Uganda is part of this movement. The nephew of uh, Museveni, President Museveni of Uganda, is their director or, or rather their country, the, the regional representative for the African office. So you, they work with the idea of what they call scaling down the, mi- the mountains or erasing the mountains, the seven mountains or pillars of society, which would include business, entertainment, education, the, 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 polit- the political sphere has to be taken over. Their goal is to take control of every aspect of society by having conservative-leaning group, uh, mem- uh, persons heading those groups. And they believe that by doing that, then they have, um, they have fulfilled the mandate which God has given unto them. But one thing about this group is that it is highly homophobic and shares a lot of the same ideas as those of other fundamentalist groups in the U.S. They are also working in Africa, but they work specifically not just with ordinary people. They don't found churches. They work with already established churches. They also aim at taking over the the government by having to work with uh, political figures they think will try by all means to propagate their ideas. So this is another group which is working not just in Uganda. They have uh, representatives in Kenya. They do have they have representatives in Zimbabwe, and in Zimbabwe it's even more interesting because they they were invited by the Roman Catholic um, Conference of Bishops of the Roman Catholic Church, the Evangelical Fellowship of Zimbabwe, and so was the. Christian Council of Zimbabwe. So you have all the three big Christian bodies inviting a person of us, Ed Suvoso, who is the founder of this network, you know, yeah. to go and address them together. So you, it, it is a bit, This the final group is a bit complex to understand because they don't found churches and there are various members of the group working with them. And it's not one person. There are a lot of them working through this movement. Do you think with the four groups or five groups that you mentioned, do you think that they're it's they're using Africa as a testing ground for what they can't get away with in the United States? That's exactly the case. Uh, here in the U.S., they know that they are not, not not everyone is going to agree with the kind of ideologies they hold. They have seen that a lot of um, Americans are moving away from that kind of rhetoric. So what they are trying to do now is to go somewhere where people are not aware of what they are trying to do. And as you might realize, uh, in Africa, almost all the independent um, media houses are likely to be run by conservative voices. Some of them are like uh, Christian Broadcasting Corporation, for instance, of uh, Pat Robertson is broadcasting in Africa. You have TBN, Trinity Broadcasting, is also in Africa. So you have these groups already having the audience. They have a number of radio Christian voices, so-called, or stations across Africa. 
How many people tune in TBN in Africa? They're actually about maybe their headquarters is about four or five miles from where we're sitting right now, or where I'm sitting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the the big white building in Costa Mesa is not very far from KUCI. Um, I mean, how how influential is TBN in Africa? Very, very influential. Very, very influential. And it's so surprising. I, I, I joke about it, but that's the truth. Every office I, I visited when I was doing my interviews, for instance, I would find somebody watching it. Oh, wow. And it, yeah. So they, are, they, they, they know that they have a lot of audience in Africa. And, you know, the thing is, in America, you have counter. You know, when they say something outrageous, there are some progressive radio stations which will take it up and counter yeah. the lies. But Africa doesn't have that. So whatever extreme idea that comes from TBN is the truth, because yeah. no one can counter that. And that's the sad part of how they are playing this game. The scary part, though, is dominionism, is which basically says that you have to take over the seven branches of of uh, business, government, family, religion, media, and, and entertainment. I Mike Malloy, who's a progressive talk show host, he's mentioned it in 2008 or 2009 as you know crazy dominionists in Atlanta. And then Rolling Stone ran an article uh, about it when Rick Perry did his national prayer meeting. But uh, a lot of the quote-unquote progressive media really doesn't talk about them. How dangerous are they? Well, this is, in fact, one of the things they have to realize. They might not talk about them because they don't understand them. Yeah. And I know that in, 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 in American circles, it's, it's very um, unlikely that the progressive media will spend time talking about what they consider to be at the fringe of the society. But as we continue to see, they do have a lot of influence. They are, they are really dangerous uh, in that, for instance, in, as we have seen in Africa, they can lead a nation to something that the people don't even expect to see. How on earth would somebody have thought that um, the conflict in Uganda could be explained in terms of what the, this movement did, that the, 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 the fight between the the Museveni government and the labels, one of them is Korn, and now we know that Korn, we have people now fighting to get him. The American government is involved in that. To, the, the, to them, they want to pretend as though everything has a spiritual ex- explanation. Now, in America, it might not sell, but in Africa, that's what people want to hear. And it sidetracks from the real issues that people are facing. So, for instance, other than holding Museveni as accountable for what is going on in that very lovely country of Uganda, people are busy blaming it on demonic forces. The other thing people should realize is that whether they like it or not, the conservatives who believe in the dominion kind of ideas are here to stay, and they are working. And they, if they control the media, you know, they control what we may consider to be a progressive or a good media, if they can infiltrate it and take over it, and we are seeing this happening slowly by slowly. They are putting more money in their conservative media, and we are seeing that progressive media stations are finding it harder and harder to exist. Yeah. And at the end of the day, once they run, they run you out of business, then they have taken over, and that has been part of their dream. They are doing the same thing with other aspects of the economy. So to try and ignore them, I think, is that a period of the progressive movement. It is time to stand up to them and say, we know what you are trying to do. We are not going to allow you to take over. But giving in, we are giving them something at the, on the silver platter, and they will take advantage of it and take over what they have a plan. It's not that it's something they started today. This is a long-term plan, 
and they always revise it to see how best they can fulfill their agenda of taking over the, the same pillars of society. And they will do it if we don't uh, stand up and try to challenge them as soon as possible. Back in on the African continent, um, what happens to the LGBT community there when they face so, their so much homophobia? What happens to them? Yeah. If, you know, there are two there are things people should understand about the African continent. The LGBT community has no no no, no political power in Africa at all. They are, they, they, but uh, the conservative presentation of of African LGBT persons as people who are very rich. Yeah. <laughs> something I laugh about every day. And I say that if conservatives are, if progressives really are serious about recruiting Africans into homosexuality, then they are very bad recruiters. They should go back to school and learn some tricks of how you recruit something in a, in a yeah. scene of so-called homosexuality. Because African LGBT persons are extremely poor. You know? Yeah. So apart from lacking political power, they lack economic power. And most of them don't even have paying jobs where they can work because once they are discovered to be gays, they are fired. And and not only that, the police always go after them to arrest them. And as you know, over the over the weekend, Uganda um, sexual minority of Uganda they had their pride parade for the first time, uh-huh. and most of them were arrested, oh, but wow. they tried to get out. But, you know, that kind of life of fear is what they are living on. But not only fear. We have seen an increase in the, in, in the killing of, of the violence against the LGBT persons. Yeah. Some are being beaten. Some are still being abused, constantly abused, because families or people know that they are gays or lesbians. So it is just increasing this high rate of violence against LGBT persons on the continent. And it is a sad thing to think about knowing that my fellow human beings are being demonized using foreign language, which makes them victims of their own people. And uh, instead of loving them, what we are seeing is that they are being persecuted and treating, treated less than human, which I think to me is a bigger case against humanity. And that's why the, LGB, the international conservative movement in the U.S. need to be held accountable. Yeah, one of the actual more touching stories in your report was the uh, daughter from a Roman Catholic family who uh, came out as lesbian, and then her grandma kind of saved her by saying that, that um, her body was inhibited by an ancient spirit of her grandfather, so of course she would want women. Um, it's an interesting way to Africanize Christianity. Yeah, in fact, I, 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 I should tell you, this is one of, the, one of the, the, the interviews which broke my heart. And I'm even considering writing a book about that woman because it's so touching, the whole story. And the point of that, why I chose to include that in the report, was to tell people that what is saving some LGBT persons in Africa is not the so-called civilized religion called Christianity, but it is the traditional heritage that gives support to this poor woman. I did not think that her grandmother was alive. She would have been continuously abused. Yeah. And that's the point I'm making through and through, that let African values remain African values. Conservative ideology should not recolonize Africa again. I think Africa has had a lot of colonialism, and we, people fought against it. To allow another person to do that, I think, is 
out of touch. And one thing that should be stated is kids in Africa that come out as LGBT, they don't have any legal recourse if their parents start beating them. No, they don't. Uh, it's sad because they, they, this is another girl. Um, the family believe that she's... Um, I was even speaking to one of my colleagues in, in Zimbabwe yesterday about this. They, she has nowhere to go, you know, and she, she just has to be beaten up. If they find she's gay or he is gay or she is gay, she's a lesbian, the family would try to look at that person as evil. And in some cases, if they are fundamentalist Christians, they will think it, the demon, you know, in that person is what is causing them to be, to, to be cursed. Therefore, they can do whatever they want to do with this young person. And she can't go to the police, for instance, the girl I talk about in the report. Neither can this person uh, run away because they have nowhere to go. So they rather choose to be abused continuously until such yeah. a time that they can run away. And that's where the dominionism and wealth, pros- wealth, um, wealth gospel, the prosperity gospel collide is the dominionism gets rid of the LGBT people. And then if you believe... If you're holy now, then your wealth will reign upon you instead of actually fixing governmental issues. Yeah, in fact, that is good. You know, I tell people that they want to become rich. <laughs> and, you know, a poor person in Africa would love to see that the poverty is taken away. And that's one reason why the conservative uh, radio stations and the TBN guys, like uh, T.T. Jacks, for instance, they have a big following across Africa. Benny Hinn? No, T.D. Jacks, the pastor, the, 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 the prosperity preacher, he has a big following in Africa. People love his sermons because he's trying to appeal to the poverty of the people. Yeah. And, uh, and thinking the only way you can save it by doing what you want to do. And that is give the money to, to the pastor, donate to the pastor, and thereafter you get everything back. And the poor person will do that. If it, something doesn't work, it is not your fault per se. There's somebody who's trying to stop it. So you need to fight that person, that evil in the nation. And in Africa, among the people I interviewed through and through, one thing which came out caused is that they are afraid of accepting homosexuality because they fear that their nations will be cursed. They fear that God will do the same thing God did to Sodom and Gomorrah. So they go back to the Old Testament. They hear the same language used by conservatives in America, and then they think that's how God will deal with it. You know, so to, in order to be prosperous, the answer is simple. Let us denounce whatever we think is evil. And one of those evils they believe, strongly believe, taught by American conservatives, is homosexuality. And they want to fight it at any cost. And we'll end up on a happier note. Um, what are some of the ways that the LGBT community in Africa and here can fight back? Well, the first starting point to me is what SMAG, or Sexual Minority of Uganda, has done. Mm-hmm. The, 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 this battle is not being fought by Africans per se. The people who are exporting these lies are American conservatives. So what SMAG has done by taking Scott Lively to court for inciting violence in that country, to me that is an excellent way of doing it. Yeah. The second thing is, rather than wasting our time, you know, thinking that we can help Africans fight this battle in Africa, the biggest culprits are here, as yeah. you are saying, next to where the, your studio is. They are the culprits. So we should start fighting them where they are. Fight the problem at this source, and the source is the U.S. So the LGBT community and their allies in, in America should start by fighting 
the people who are exporting this hate across the world. And this is not just about Africa. This is about Eastern Europe. This is about Latin America. They are doing the same thing. So we need to hold them accountable here in America. The, the final thing I want just to point out is that one way of uh, trying to get these groups to realize that we are watching is to learn to have working partnership with African LGBT communities. Mm -hmm. Because they are the ones who are on the ground. I'm really opposed to having Americans go into Africa and start making statements about LGBT rights. Because what that does, it confirms the myth which the conservatives for so many years have tried to propagate that being gay in Africa is an, a foreign thing in, imported into Africa by gays with a lot of money. What we need the LGBT community to do is not to go into Africa. Africans are capable of fighting this battle on their own. But what they can do is to have working partnership amplifying the voices of people like uh, SMAG's executive director, Frankie Mugisha, trying to bring the voices of Christopher, Bishop Christopher Sinyonjo in Uganda, trying to bring the voices of Michael Kimindo in Kenya to the forefront of the fight so that people can understand that there are Africans there who are saying no to American conservatives. And I think that to me is the best way to work this thing out Mm -hmm. rather than allowing uh, the conservative to have a free passage every time they do something nasty in Africa, it is time for LGBT communities and their allies to say enough is enough. We are going to fight you right where you are, and that is in America. Well, thank you for joining us on the Heather McCoy Show. My guest has been Dr. Kapia John Koma. He's a researcher at the Political Research Association. You can find this report at publicei.org. This is the Heather McCoy Show.